Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Today is my annual uh, Best of and Oscar uh, podcast. I've been doing this since 2016. And basically I'm going to run down uh, my personal movie year, sort of put the uh, bow on that, as well as... uh, Talk about the Oscars, and there's a lot to talk about as far as the Academy Awards this year. This is a very interesting, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say really good year for the Oscars. I mean, apart from the issues they've uh, self-inflicted when it comes to the show, when it comes to broadcast host, no host, um, possibly having some of the categories be awarded off off uh, during commercial breaks, all of that stuff. I mean, that's that's basically inconsequential stuff at this point. Um, I mean, it is, it is consequential, but the fact of the matter is those are all self-inflicted issues for them as well. Um, it, it also makes the awards that much more interesting. And... I I'm I've if you've followed me on Patreon uh, at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema, you will uh, I just wrapped up my uh, Oscar nomination discussion because I finally saw all the nominated films that I was going to get to, and um, it's a bit of a weird year. I'm not really sure how I feel about this year overall. Uh, As a film year, I think it's very good. When it comes to the Academy Awards, though, there's something to be desired, left left to be desired in a lot of these categories. Um, You know, and it's funny, when I was doing, like, when I was doing my Oscar, my personal Oscar picks of the nominees, what I found was there were, like, three or four films, I think, that... um, sort of dominated the conversation. There really weren't any that, um, there really weren't too many uh, outliers for me where it's like, oh, just a single film here or there, single, uh, really boiled down to Roma, A Star is Born, If Beale Street Could Talk, and The Favorite. Um, with First Man being a, uh, technical one for me uh and that's that's interesting because of the fact that it's like usually usually my personal choices when it comes to uh the oscars can be a bit more diverse i usually don't have a handful of movies uh predicting for me being ones that would i would predict to win i mean it's kind of surprising that i don't have black panther winning uh per my personal ballot in any of these categories and it's not that I think it was a bad film I thought it was a fantastic film that's make that's what makes it more surprising um I would gladly put in my top choice as far as original score and original song but the problem is Shallow from A Star is Born is just a bit better than All the Stars and the score for If People Street Could Talk is just a hair better than uh, the Black Panther score, which if it wins, I'm not going to complain. 
any way in any way, shape, or form. Um, so it's really it's really kind of interesting just how the Academy Awards just sort of uh, landed with me this year, and uh, a lot of a lot of it boils down to the fact that I I think they made some really good choices as far as um, individual uh, nominations. I I think the one I think there are a couple movies that I, I would say um, I I would prefer that they not nominate, uh, namely Bohemian Rhapsody and Vice, which I don't think are very good movies. In fact, I think they're kind of two of the worst movies that the Oscars have nominated, especially for the best pa- picture category. Um, but I... And the thing with Vice is I... I just didn't. I didn't really like the way uh, M. McKay presented the uh, story of Dick Cheney. I think there's a great movie to be made about Dick Cheney. I have nothing. I I'm not a fan or ardent supporter of Dick Cheney at all as an individual. But I think, despite that, he's still one of the most consequential people in. American politics over the past 40 years and I don't think Vice is a biopic that is <coughs> um, sort of takes that seriously and I think that's one of the biggest problems I had with the movie um, it, it almost felt like a parody of a political um biopic as opposed to like a real biopic it almost tried to be a satire which i i think that i have nothing against political satire but when you're very clearly telling um when you're very clearly trying to document an individual's life and it's presented oh as the actual individual i think that's a problem there's a big difference between what Adam McKay did in Vice to what Mike Nichols did in Primary Colors, which I think is probably what they were trying to go with, but because of the way Primary Colors told that story, even though it's very clearly inspired by the Clintons, it's it tells it a lot, it manages that balance a lot better, and um, I, I just don't feel like Vice did that that well. Um... As far as the Academy Awards, I mean, I the biggest disappointment for me is that If Beale Street Could Talk didn't get more love. It got three nominations, which is terrific, and I can see a logical scenario where it wins all three of those categories, but which is supporting actors for Regina King, adapted screenplay, and original score. But um, I just... You know, the fact that it's not in Best Picture in something like Green Book, something like Bohemian Rhapsody, something like Vice is, really is disheartening. Um, because Barry Jenkins, I think, is one of one of the best filmmakers we have working right now. Um, both Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk really are terrific um, examples of how well he can tell a story 
and make it work. And if Mule Street could talk really floored me when I saw it um, just after Christmas. And I I was so disappointed that it didn't get more love from the Academy. I, I hope it wins something on a Sunday. I would like to see Regina King win Best Sporting Actress. Um, especially, especially, but yeah, that's the way it goes at some point and sometimes, and, uh, there's just so much going around as far as the Oscars and there's so much like Roma is probably my top choice of the best picture nominees this year. Uh, I thought it was I, I thought Alfonso Cuaron did a beautiful job with that movie and uh, what he won to do what he tried to do, and I think what he did was exceptional. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to see Black Panther win. <laughs> it's like, because I think one of the, the thing that Black Panther does so beautifully is uh, it, it, for me, it is the best Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Now, is it necessarily, like, the best MCU film in terms of its place in the MCU? No, I think it's the best film from the MCU, which is, and those are different things, because I think what Ryan Coogler did so great in that movie is that he basically, he he basically told the story that he wanted to tell with, in the framework of a Marvel movie. And it's a story that is very similar to ones that is told in Creed and Fruitvale Station. And uh, that's one of the things that I thought was so amazing about what he accomplished while also making a terrific Marvel movie. And so, uh, you know, when people complain about Black Panther being a Best Picture nomination, nominee it's like it deserves it it really is a legitimately great film i think and i think it's a significant film and for a lot of reasons um i mean i it's the same reason that i i think it's one of the same reasons that spider-man into the spider-verse which is my clear pick for best animated feature um is so beloved and why people uh, really gravitated towards because it told a story that was within the framework of a superhero movie but also would work outside of that genre and I think that's I think that's one of the important things about um about it uh looking looking more specifically into the uh Oscars um I would say Roma is probably going to be best foreign language film. Uh, best live action short film. I only got to see one of them. Um, you know, I, I would love to know what, you know, if and when I can ever expect any of uh, the short films I see over the years nominated for an Oscar. That I think there are several been more than worthy of the possibility. It's, just, yeah, I'm kind of curious as to how that would work. Uh, animated short film, uh, for me it was Weekends. Uh, one Small Step was the only one that I did not see, but Weekends was just such a beautiful movie. 
really, it's it's a wonderfully animated look at a uh, a child of divorce and what he what they see, you know, when they go through um, with their you know with their mother versus their father and uh it's it's such a beautiful movie and i hope that wins animated short uh into the spider verse i truly hope wins best animated feature uh all of dogs is really good incredibles 2 is fine but it really needs to be into the spider verse for not only the visual imagination of the movie but just the fact that it's probably one of the best animated films of the past decade. Um, I would put up against any one of the uh, uh, previous winners here. Best documentary short subject. There are a lot of really good ones. I have possibilities here. I saw all. I was able to see all five of them, and that's one of the things I hope to do later in the future. Is uh, see more of the short nominees um before oscar night and uh i would say black sheep is probably my favorite one i can see and i can see any of the five winning um i can see a night of the garden which is a uh which is about a uh, nazi rally at Man- madison square garden in not- 1939 i can see lifeboat which is about refugees uh coming into uh trying to make the trip to Europe um but I can see black sheep which is about a uh <coughs> young black man uh dealing with prejudice and racism in his uh in his uh hometown wing as well and that's probably my top pick for for it. Uh, documentary feature, unfortunately, I missed Free Solo. I do want to see it, and hopefully I'll get a chance to see it sometime soon. Uh, Mind the Gap was a wonderful movie that I'll discuss a little bit more when it comes to my top ten. And RBG was a really good uh, documentary on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I can see Free Solo winning, but I would love to see Mind the Gap. The big disappointment is the fact that won't you be my neighbor didn't get nominated and that really disappoints me because it was a fantastic movie um and uh it it really did deserve to be considered in this category uh best visual effects um this is a really good list actually um all five of these were really good in in here i really hope first man wins uh, First Man was, uh, I I wasn't a huge fan of the movie overall. Uh, I didn't love it the way a lot of other people did, but I thought it was, from a technical standpoint, it was brilliant. And the visual effects were a big part of that. So I, while it would be great to see Ray Player One or even Solo, um, which Ray Player One is my favorite movie of the year, when I, I would like, I do hope it's First Man. I, I do hope First Man takes it and gets some recognition. Uh, the sound categories, for me, it boils down to First Man as well. Um, I can, there, there are some legitimately good choices here, though. 
I really, yeah, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody was fine as far as sound, but I really hope it doesn't win. Um, Black Panther, I I think would be fine nominee, fine win. A Star is Born for sound mixing, I could see. Quiet Place for sound editing, I could see. But I really do hope First Man wins both of those because uh, it's, it, like I said, from a technical standpoint, it was a phenomenal movie. It was a phenomenal experience. Um, for best original song this year, it's got to be Shallow from A Star Is Born. Uh, All the Stars was terrific. There are some good choices here. Um, I would love to see Battle of the Buster Scruggs win, but bottom line, it's going to be Shallow, and deservingly so. It's a terrific song. Uh, original score, I think, is a little up in the air. I could see any... I don't know if Terrence Blanchard is going to win, which is unfortunate because he's a fantastic composer. Um, I'd love to see Black Panther win. If Beale Street Could Talk is my top choice, that score is just so wonderful. Um, but I could also see Owl of Dogs or Mary Poppins returns. I kind of want to say Black Panther is probably going to win. Um, I just I just have this feeling that I, I think if if it's going to win anywhere, I think that's going to be a good chance for it to win. And uh, it's a terrific score. It's probably, the, it's probably one of the best scores in the MCU. And so, and because that soundtrack was so good early in the year, I, I would like to see it get recognized, even if, if Beale Street Could Talk is my top choice. Makeup and hairstyling, I didn't see Border. Uh, I have a feeling Vice is going to win, even though I really didn't think it deserved it. Mary Queen of Scots was better, but I mean, really, none of these choices terribly excite me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just almost have a feeling Vice is going to win, and I, I wasn't that impressed with it. Uh Costume design, I can very much see the favorite winning here, but I do kind of hope it's Black Panther. I think that'd be a g another good possibility for here. Uh, production design, I, I think it could go to either the favorite or first man. I think the favor is my personal choice, and I think it will probably have a good chance to win here. Film editing, I just, I, I don't even know where to begin with some of these. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's editing, like there's there's a clip of the editing in Bohemian Rhapsody that really just makes you wonder what the heck anybody was thinking when it came to editing the movie together. And John Ottman's always been such a good editor for uh, Brian Singer. That's that's one of the things that's so crushing about that. It's like really that's not that good. Vice would be. A good choice. I mean, the editing is probably one of my, the things that I was most impressed with about the movie, but overall, I'm just not a fan of that movie. So, Black Klansman could get, um, I think that or The Favorite would be my top two choices. Um, I just, you know, I, I just this this is kind of a lost category for me. Like, there are none of these that really excite me. 
Um, cinematography, I would be surprised if it's not Roma. I would be really surprised if it's not Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, I think there are a couple of possibilities here. I never saw Never Look Away or Cold War. I do hope to see those at some point, but I I think it's going to be Alfonso Cuaron. Um, he's, he's been a very clear choice throughout the entire process. Um, the screenplay nominations are interesting. I mean, my top two choices for... My top choice for Adapted is If Beale Street Could Talk, but honestly, I can see Can You Ever Forgive Me, which recently won the Writers Guild, gang it. But I can also see Black pa- Black Klansman, which might be Spike Jones's or sorry, Spike Lee's uh, best possibility for an Oscar this year. Um, and I do want to see him win a competitive Oscar. Um, this might be, you know, and I, I think Black Klansman would be a more than worthy selection for for him to win for. So adapted screenplay, my choice is if Beale Street could talk, but I really, part of me does want to be Black Klansman for Spike Lee, uh, who's eligible for the, who's up for it. Original screenplay, uh, I just, I think First Reformed will probably be the choice here. I can see Green Book, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, my top choice is The Favorite. Roma's very good screenplay, but it's much more of a director's film than anything. Vice, I'm not a fan of. Uh, so I guess First Reformed and Paul Schrader... Um, I'm, I'm not really that excited about that category. Uh, directing, I did not see Cold War, so I can tell you about that personally. I think it's basically going to come down, end up coming down to Alfonso Cuaron or Spike Lee. Um, if it follows with Director's Guild, I think it's going to be Cuaron, um, who's been the clear favorite for, um, the entire award season, but I can see Spike Lee gang in there for uh, Black Landsman, uh, especially if something else wins adapted screenplay. I think that's a possibility. Um, so I do think it boils down to those two as far as the uh, directing Oscar. So we come to the actors, and I did get to see all 20 performances here. And uh, these are some interesting categories this year. And it's funny because I can see them each going different ways. Uh, for supporting actors, I think Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are probably going to cancel each other out for the favorite. Um, and I hope Regina King wins. If Amy Adams wins for Lynn Cheney and... That's a possibility, but I do ultimately think it'll be Regina King. Um, I wouldn't be too terribly disappointed just because Amy Adams has been deserving for so long. Uh, I just don't think Vice is the performance for her. Um, But yeah, If Beale Street Could Talk is my top choice. Regina King is my top choice here. Uh, Sporting actor, this is... 
this is probably my favorite category of the bunch. And uh, I think Mahar Shala Ali, excuse me, for Green Book, could very well win his second Oscar in three years, and he would be completely deserving of it because he was very good in Green Book. My personal pick is Sam Elliott for Stars Born. I would love to see him win for that because he did break my heart in that movie. Um, but if, but I can completely see Richard E. Grant uh, getting in there for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And you know what? It would be hard to argue with that because he was terrific in that movie. Best Actors, I think, is basically going to come down to Glenn Close or Olivia Coleman. Uh I just saw The Wife. The Wife is really good, and Glenn Close is pretty good, and, and I would, I could see her winning it. I, I could see her being uh, worthy. She's more worthy uh, actress for um, Olivia Coleman. I would probably prefer more. Um, Yolita Ap- Aparicio from Roma is my top choice. I thought she was tremendous in the movie, but... Um, I feel like the momentum has sort of shifted towards Coleman, but I can definitely see Glenn Close winning as well. Best actor is basically Rami Malek. I've I've come to accept that. Um, and he's good. And I mean, for all my issues with Bohemian Rhapsody, for a lot of other uh, things, I I think he's really good in the movie. Um. Is he my top choice? No, but uh, Bradley Cooper would be my top choice, followed by Willem Dafoe as uh, Vincent Van Gogh in At Eternity's Gate. But, uh, yeah, Rami Malek is going to win. I basically made my peace with it, and uh, that's basically all I have to say about Best Actor right now. Best Picture is going to be interesting. I'm... I'm kind of terrified that it's going to be either Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, those two in Vice really drag this category down. I, I Neither of those. The, the other five in this category are completely worthy of being up, up here. Uh, those three are not. And I really have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't necessarily see... I can see A Star is Born sneaking in there. I can even see Black Panther sneaking in there. Um, Roma would be a surprise. if Ro- Roma would be a pleasant surprise, but Roma would be a real surprise for a lot of reasons. Not only is it Netflix, but it also would be the first Best Picture winner that was a foreign language film. Deserving, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen. I'm just, I'm not looking forward to Best Picture this year. I, I, I will be pleasantly surprised if it's something other than Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody unless it's Vice, but I really don't think Vice has a chance. Um, I think that's the only one that I feel like I can comfortably uh, say it will not win Best Picture. Um, 
after you know after a couple of years where it's like Shape of Water, Moonlight, uh, Birdman, Twelve Years a Slave, it feels like Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book are complete steps backwards for the Academy as far as Best Picture, and that's just part of the reason that I have such strong reservations that neither of them should be uh, the Best Picture. Oscar winner. Um, so that's that's how I feel about the Oscars this year. Um, it's it it it's good to be. I'm I'm glad that Georgia Film Critics got me interested in sort of following it again this year and being a part of it. Um, but once I saw like all of the Best Picture nominees, I got less and less excited about this this year because I wasn't a fan of three of the big ones. So uh, that's that's basically all I have to say about the Oscars. This is going to be an interesting year. Um, so with that being said, we're going to put a bow on uh, 2018 and basically going to talk about my 10 best films of the year. And this was, a, overall, this was a really good year for movies. Um, there are a lot of movies here that I really enjoyed watching. There are a lot of movies that I thought were fantastic movies. There are some movies I didn't think that were that great, but had some good things about them. Um, but the 10 best movies of 2018 for me were movies that were, they weren't necessarily, weren't necessarily all, um, Big favorites, but they're um they're all movies that really struck me in a pretty big way when it came to uh what they did with cinema and how they portrayed the stories that they did so uh without further ado, uh we'll go through my uh top ten list um starting with uh and there are a lot of there are a lot of movies on here that are not on here that would completely be deserving of being on here uh, otherwise. Uh, Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You, Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade, um, Ray Potter One was my favorite movie of the year. I wouldn't necessarily put it on my top ten, but it's still a really good movie. Uh, Strawberry Flavored cr- Plastic, which is a thriller that I saw very early on in the year. Uh, through a screener that was terrific and we've been on here for uh, a long time. Black Wake, which was a monster movie, uh, was fantastic. Um, and there are so many more. Uh, I'll put the link to uh, my retrospective on the Sanxima presentation of this so you can... Uh, go back and look at that, but, um, yeah, there were, and there were a lot of other movies that, uh, there are some movies I haven't seen yet that I want to see, but there are also a lot of movies that I did end up seeing, um, that would have been good on here as well, like Death of Stalin, Blind Spotting, um, those two in particular were, uh, ones I did catch up with that I thought were quite good. So, uh, 
Starting with number 10 is a uh, Danish thriller that I watched uh, via screener um, from Magnolia Pictures was called The Guilty. It was eligible for the foreign language film nom- nomination, but didn't get one. But it's a fantastic uh, thriller. It's basically about a it's basically about cop who is um, he he's working the nine one one calls af- while he's on um, administrative leave from being a detective, and he's trying to manipulate this one call that he's getting to work out in terms of uh, making sure. Um, everything works out all right. And it's it basically focuses on him at the uh, desk. And it's just really fantastic. And you come to get to know the character over the course of the 90 minutes. And it's such a good movie. It It's one that uh, really had big impact on me when I first saw it. And uh, I you can find a quick take on it on... Uh, the YouTube channel, the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. And so that's my number 10 movie of the year. Uh, number nine is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I was completely enthralled by what uh, what that movie did as far as... Um, it's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. It's one of my favorite made films of the past decade uh it it just it's such a fantastic looking movie on part of the fact that it also does a great job with miles morales's story in a story that could have very well gotten away from miles morales but didn't and that's one of the things that i love the most about it is that even though you have peter parker even though you have Spider-Gwen, even though you have uh, Spider-Man Noir, and even though you have Spider-Ham, it all comes back to Miles Morales. And it's just such a spectacular movie and such a wonderful movie to watch. Uh, That was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And it's, like I said, it is one of the best animated films I've seen in the past decade. Uh, Number eight is Ryan Coogler's Black Panther, uh, which is, like I said, one of the best Marvel movie, probably the best Marvel movie in terms of quality, even if it's not necessarily the best in terms of what it does for the MCU. I think as far as filmmaking in general, it is the best um for what it does i would put it up there with logan i would put it up there with winter soldier i would put it up there with any superhero movie that has really um expanded what superhero movies can do and i think a big credit to ryan coogler for being able to do that within the framework of a marvel movie and uh so that's uh Black Panther. Number seven is Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, the Morgan Neville uh, documentary on Fred Rogers. And it was one of the most emotional experiences that I had in a movie this year. 
Uh, it it just it felt like a film that was so needed at the time, and I f- still feel like it's needed. If you missed in theaters, catch on Blu-ray, catch on DVD, however you can watch it, watch it. It's such. It will make you a fan of Mr. Rogers, even if you're not a fan going in. Um, and give you a great deal of respect for how he used his platform and used his faith to just be a good person without really, especially without really making his faith a without just turning uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood into just something to, you know, (laughs) as an evangelical tool. And I think that's something that a lot of people uh, don't really appreciate enough about him. And uh, that's, that's, it's one of the things that comes out crystal clear when you watch Won't You Be My Neighbor. And it's, it's a film that's completely worth watching and really, uh, really affecting, emotionally speaking. Uh, this was a really good year for documentaries, and uh, and it's amazing that Won't You Be My Neighbor wasn't even the best one uh, for me personally this year. Um, number six is Hereditary by Ari Aster. This was probably... Uh, this was this was a horror film that just flattened me when I saw it. I mean, I I understand you know when I've seen people talk about it and they aren't really as big a fan of it as I have uh, as I am on social media. It's like I get it because yeah, they're especially if you're familiar with the genre, there are a lot of tropes that go on, but I think the way Aster does it is one of the things that's most impactful. It reminded me of Darren Aronofsky's uh, Mother the previous year, in that you really either roll with it or you don't, and if you don't, it's just not gonna... You're you're not going to... It's not gonna work on you. And... uh, Tony Collette should have been nominated for an Oscar for this movie. She really should have. Uh, that's as like best actors. The best actors category going back to the Oscars this year was actually pretty good. The problem is there were three really great performances that I felt got ignored, and uh, Tony Collette was one of them. And uh, she was just sensational in the movie, and uh, it's one of the. I, I do think it's a movie like The Shining that is going to build in reputation over the years. Um, and so that was my number six movie of the year. Number five is a short film from uh, Chris Esper, who's been on the podcast many times and will continue to be on the podcast until he tells me otherwise. Uh, it's a short film basically about people dealing with mental stress and basically sort of about the um, idea that we all have stress that um, is sort of working on us at all times. And the way he handles it in a 10-minute short is just beautiful, and it's just wonderful to uh, 
watch. You get the point across really well. And uh, it's it's a movie that is, if you get a chance to see it, uh, seek it out. I highly recommend it. This is one of those short films that I would love to see uh, get Oscar nominated at some point. I'm curious what it would take for something like that because I would put it up against any great movie from any year. I, I think it's a wonderful film. It's probably my favorite of his. So number five is Imposter. Number four is Roma, uh, which I talked about a bit when it came to the Oscars. Um, and uh, Alfonso Caron just did such a wonderful job with uh, telling this simple story in a way that is complex, technically speaking, but not overwhelmingly complex. I don't think it's showy in the way that we tend to think of projects like this is in terms of how this how the cinematography and directing is it's like it's basically Caron's movie but it still deals with the characters and still focuses in on the characters and the story and that's one of the things that's so wonderful about it um so number 4 is Roma number 3 is Minding the Gap which is there were a lot of really good documentaries this year. This was easily the best one for me. It's about uh it's about friends who who connect through skateboarding, but they also find out they have a little bit more in common when it comes to um how their lives have been shaped with uh their family uh their the past with their families and what have you. And it, it looks at masculinity and how to become a responsible man in a way that really is something that needs to be seen. I, I think regardless of how old you are, I think any 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 male would do right to watch this movie and really think about... um their own lives and how they uh, go about their own lives and how they go about thinking about masculinity. And I think that's, uh, I think that's one of the biggest uh, things that can be gained out of a documentary like Minding the Gap. Uh, number two is a movie that's actually coming out this year, but I put it in my 2018 list because I saw it in 2018. It is Prince and Holt's 2050. And it is going to be hitting Atlanta uh, sometime in the spring. And it is it's it's a people have called it a satire, a science fiction satire about artificial intelligence, about sex bots, about um, that. But there's so much more going about in the movie, and I hope to talk to Princeton and uh, the writer of the film, Brian Ackley, a little bit more about this in depth in a podcast, um, because it's it's honestly, a, it's, a, it's one of the best films of the decade, and it's a film that really affected me when I saw it, and because of the fact that it deals with I think it deals with artificial intelligence as seriously as and emotionally as 
Spielberg's AI does. But what it does, you know, it's so reductive to just say it's about sex bots. Oh, it's not just about six sex bots. It's about how we connect as humans. It's about how we get fulfillment with humans. Um, and what we might do if that's not the case anymore. And it's such a beautiful movie. I can't wait to revisit it when it does hit Atlanta because I want to, A, I want to see it on the big screen because it's a fantastic looking movie. But I want to see what, you know, I want to, I want to go deeper into what uh, Prince and Brian have done and in telling this story. And it's such a fantastic film. It's such a beautiful film. You know, it don't let the simple tagline don't 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 let the simple logline fool you. It's so much more than just oh, it's a movie about sex bots in the future. No, it's it's about more than that. Um, and it's it's one of the best films I've seen this decade. It really is. Uh, that leads me to my best film of the year. And if you were paying attention during the Oscars discussion earlier in this podcast you probably know what it is uh it's barry jenkins if beale street could talk this movie hit me like a punch to the gut when i saw it shortly after christmas it was i loved moonlight i didn't you know so i was looking forward to what barry jenkins did when it came to his adaptation of uh, James Baldwin's book. I did not expect to it to have the impact on me it did. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And uh, it's one of the best movies this decade. Uh, it's, it's a movie about two people. It's basically about the lives of Tish and Fani, who have grown up together and have fallen in love and have adversity in twofold when Fani is accused of rape and goes to prison and Tish is pregnant and what both of those mean for their future. And it's set in 1970s New York and it it reminds me a lot of the Before Trilogy by Linklater in how it tells like this complete story of these two people in love and the way that that's condensed into a two-hour movie and the way that you feel like you're watching an entire lifetime um, just happen in front of you while all the while um, they're dealing with the biggest moment of their lives. And it's such a beautiful movie. It's such a wonderful movie. Um, Kiki Lane and Stephen James as Tish and Fani did not get the love that they should have this award season. They're every bit as good in this movie as Regina King is. And it was this. I can't wait to revisit this movie. I wanted to revisit in theaters. I didn't get a chance to, but oh my god, does this movie? Did this movie 
uh, dig into me. And I cannot wait to revisit this movie. Um, it's I hope it wins something on Oscar night. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There are great movies all the time that don't win Oscars. It's criminal that this did not get Best Picture nomination, but Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, and Vice did. I, I, I just don't even know what to say about that. Um, it's such... I, I think it it's a movie that's really going to uh, find more of an audience than it already has. I, I think as people start to discover, they're going to realize what they missed out on. And I can't wait for that to happen. And uh, so with all that being said, that, that wraps up 2018 on the podcast for me. Um, I'm going to... Continue catching up with movies because there are still a lot of movies I haven't seen. Suspiria, Bad Times at the El Royale, or just a couple of them. I do want to see Free Solo. There are other movies I want to see, and I'll get to them at some point. Uh, coming up on the podcast, we're going to continue the uh, Class of 99 series with a great discussion with Brian Ackley, the writer of uh, 2050 on being John Malkovich. Uh as well as plenty other uh, Class of 99 discussions. Hope to have Princeton and Brian on to talk about 2050 as the movie continues to release out into theaters. And uh, that's it for me. You can catch the Sonic Cinema Podcast on YouTube at Sonic Cinema Podcast. Uh, hit us up on patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Uh, subscribe. Uh, I recently just finished up my Oscar, j little Oscar discussions, which included listing what I would have nominated for best, the respective categories. Um, some of which, a lot of which can coincide with my own ballad for the Georgia Film Critics Association. So that's a good little bonus there. I've got more coming up for Patreon. Uh, thank you to everybody who's subscribed to that so far. Um, it really has helped. And uh, that's it for me. Thank you for joining me at SonicCinema.com, Sonic-Cinema.com, and there's going to be more reviews and blogs coming up. Thank you. <laughs>